Hello, and welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Eagles Podcast. The JGI special breaking news. Well, it's not so breaking. It happened no. yesterday. So what is what are your feelings about the trade after having a day to mull about it? You had texted that still doesn't help tackle the offensive tackle position. Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's exciting whenever you get like a really good player from another team just to see what potential it unlocks. But I wasn't as hot on it as other people because I don't know how readily addresses need, right? I, I was hoping we would pick up that guy from, from Houston, whose name est- escapes me, the, the left tackle that was holding out. But Seattle ended up paying a King's ransom to get him. So Dwayne I Brown. wouldn't paid as much as Seattle did. And that's what I was hoping for. You know, he's a dynamic player. Obviously, like, you know, adds a, a compliment to the offense that maybe our running back stable isn't as dynamic as, as a Jai. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, I'm not as, like, ecstatic, I think, as a lot of people in the fan base were. I don't know if everybody was ecstatic. Time will tell. People were interested in the move. We gave up a fourth-round pick, which a lot of people seem to say wasn't that expensive a cost, especially since we had three fourth-round picks. Although we don't have we have no second-round pick next year. But in especially general... the way we draft. But, it, well, we usually draft terribly in the first round. So Right. And our second-round pick this year is still out will probably be out most of the year with the torn Achilles. But, you know, I think it was a risk worth taking for fourth round pick. He's still on his rookie salary. So it's not costing him much because the salary cap was also an issue. And I've been disappointed with the running back play, especially the last couple weeks. We've been trying to get the players to really break through, especially Wendell Smallwood, and just hasn't happened. One thing that you had talked about a couple weeks ago, and I'm interested to get your take, is that the Eagles running backs as a whole have been getting crushed for blitz pickup, and you thought that Wendell Smallwood had done a good job that one game. But it sounds like another big reason is blitz pickup. So this game this week against the 49ers, it sounds like that was, again, an issue with running backs not picking up the blitz. So it's just it seems to be that Vitae, and we'll get into this a little bit more in a second, but Vitae didn't play that badly this week is that the blitz pickup wasn't that good this week yeah and I, I, candidly i don't know what a jai's like scorecard is on picking up blitzes but he at least brings more size and physicality you know versus smallwood because i think blunt blunt struggles more than smallwood just like positionally with blitz pickup yeah it'll be interesting to see how they split up the carries as well because one of the things you read about is you know why would they give up their be- one of their best players for fourth round pick and one of the big things it sounds like he didn't get along with Adam Gase the head coach of, of the Dolphins so it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with the locker room here yeah phil- but philosophically like I'm on I'm on board with Roseman trying to <clears throat> in the near term broker more for this year because like we said it's Super Bowl or bust so I'm happy to sacrifice that fourth round pick it sends a signal to the locker room that yeah the team is all in and that, you know, the front office feels like this is the year that, like we said, that it's Super Bowl bust. So to get to your point, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. You know, who scares you the most uh, coming into this week as far as chances to make the Super Bowl? There's still going to be a third team that emerges. I thought it might have been the Dallas Cowboys. It still might be the Dallas Cowboys, but Elliot looks like he's going to be officially out for six weeks. Right. It seems to be a reckoning at this point between Seattle and Philadelphia. That's my sense. What do you think? Seattle, Philadelphia, or the Rams. 
they're still in a way kind of an, an unknown, but they, they, even though they had a bye this week, they held their ranking in DVOA at number two overall. So it's Pittsburgh, LA, then us. I think Seattle was at number nine. I have to check on Seattle. I think one of those two teams are the most likely, the most likely outcome is we play one of those two teams in the conference championship. Both teams make me nervous because of their defensive prowess, but obviously like Seattle makes me more nervous because they have the depth of, you know, deep playoff experience that the Rams wouldn't have. And Russell Wilson had a great game this weekend and outplayed the rookie. That's the rookie sensation, uh, Watson, out of Houston. So that was that was an awesome comeback by them. With late in the game, you just march them right down the field with less than two minutes, no timeouts to win the game. Russell hustled, bustle, and Wilson, as you like to call them, pretty much took the team on his back to win that game. The def- defense didn't play that great, so it'll be interesting to see how they react the second half of the season. And then, of course, with the big knock on them had always been the offensive line. So to trade for Dwayne Brown, that was huge for them. Yeah, and right now, I looked at the playoff odds report. It's 50, that division, the NFC West, is 50-50 in terms of uh, chances of winning the division between the Rams and the Seahawks. Which I don't, ultimately, I don't know how much that matters, but I think it's going to be more dangerous Seattle's more dangerous if they end up winning winning the division just because they'll get the week of rest. It'll be interesting. I kind of think the stigma of the Seattle home factor, you know, it used to be them, Kansas City were the last two home teams where you really thought there was a, a, a home difference. And it feels like this season that stigma's gone. Pittsburgh goes in and, and beats uh, Kansas City and Kansas City when it was a big game for both teams. You know, Houston, which is mediocre with... Uh, you know, with a dynamic rookie into Sean Watson goes in there and scores a hundred thousand points. So I don't know if the Seattle mystique is still there like it used to be. It'll be interesting to see, especially if the defense isn't playing as well as it has been when they were at the height of their height of their powers. So you're talking about DVOA. So Pittsburgh is still number one. The Rams are number two, and Philadelphia is number three. Uh, New Orleans number five. Number four escapes me. Uh, number four is Kansas City. Kansas City, of course. So right now in DVOA, Seattle. Seattle is 11th. And then we're we're ninth on offense, 15th on defense. So defense like moved up our one rank and offense slipped, I think, one one place. We went from eight to nine. We should have gone from eight to 35 after last week. But. <laughs> yeah, should have gone to the college football rankings after last week. And yes, I know there's only 32 teams. That was the point. They played like crap last week because... Let's see. So Philadelphia, yeah, teen rank, they give up a lot of points late. They give a lot of garbage points. So feel like they're definitely a better than a 15 rank defense. But yeah, they give up a lot of garbage points late. I have a theory on this that is completely unsubstantiated because I'm not the one building the DVOA models. But I think as fans, when we watch like our defense, especially, you know, like against against the Redskins, we seem to have a knack. And we talked about this before. We used to always give up. Well, basically on third down, we used to always give up first downs before we we got this like new Schwartzian defense and now we seem to be capable of stopping a third and one like I have confidence that our defense will stop third and short or third and long you know the offense to outperform on third and short I feel like DVOA might undervalue that a little bit if it's at like midfield 
but those, those can be like pretty pivotal stops like as an example in the Redskins game in the first quarter to stem stem the momentum you were talking about the Rams they're where they are is on the defensive side which you know we don't really talk about a lot but they're fourth in DVOA on defense so yeah you know, superb defense strong running game with a great defense and with a quarterback who now at least looks competent that's that's the formula for the Rams which you know that can win you games that can get you deep in playoffs you know especially with the great defense so you're right to worry about the Rams and then I guess we have to worry about New Orleans now I didn't realize they were that high in DVOA as usual it's their offense so they're the third rank offense yeah yeah it all hinges on new orleans i'm only nervous if we have to go to like the superdome if we, if they come if they have to go on the road to play us that they don't concern me. they still have drew Brees, and you know you never like going up, up against a great quarterback for any one game but yeah I, I i tend to agree with that and wow new england number one on offense and dvoa and number 32 on defense yeah it's hilarious <laughs> i was also looking at the qbr rankings uh, so that didn't shake up too much it's deshaun watson dak press Scott and Carson Wentz are the top three and QBR obviously has like a points added score for both passing and running and I think Carson was like you know points added was like 23 for passing and 12 for rushing and Brady's number four points added for passing is like 45 and for rushing is negative two wow it just shows you how good Brady is like basically being a statue and still being number four in QBR <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah Deshaun Watson one Dak Prescott two and Carson wins three yeah I was talking to my friend yesterday at work and we were just talking about it's like oh this is kind of like a new been talking about but a new bumper crop of like potentially elite quarterbacks and that would be a pretty cool like generational trinity you know even though watson's like a year later than than dak and carson obviously yeah there was the the wonder class of 2004 that's kind of you know aging and then in the middle it was kind of like a a graveyard of mediocrity with a few exceptions like uh russell wilson who was like the 2012 uh, draft class but this is like uh like a new densely clustered like really good crop of quarterbacks so it's it's a, an, an exciting time to see the changing of the guard i would say deshaun watson is really dynamic and makes some amazing plays i'm still not convinced that long term he's gonna be as good as as wentz especially prescott seems to still do really well but it'll be interesting to see without elliot in there how he does in the offensive line for dallas hasn't played as well this this year but he's still had a solid season people probably say i'm biased i'm an eagles fan and maybe i am a little bit but i've i've tried to watch all three of them consistently as far as growth from this year like we said watson's a rookie so we'll see year two but just the growth i've seen in wentz i'm i'm gonna take my chances with wentz of those three. Oh yeah i agree with that and also just like feels like wentz is is like more suited to be successful in the playoffs when like you go into a game and your plans can fall apart you need a, a quarterback who's like a field marshal and can play a chess match with a defense by himself Wentz is capable of that with with Watson it just depends on like you know is it a situation where you know Michael Vick where like he was super dynamic when he was coming up but then like defenses figured out like formula that Vick could never overcome which is basically blitzing him so maybe that has happens to Watson and he can never make more than maybe the second read so right the, the athleticism eventually the defenses start keying in on what you're not good at even with the unbelievable athleticism so yeah you saw that with Michael Vick who was one of the most dynamic players we've ever seen in the NFL and that first half season when he came back from the Eagles he was unstoppable 
Right. And, then, and then defenses started to adjust and then he couldn't really make that read and adjustment. So it'll be interesting to see if Watson can can make those plays once the defenses start figuring out what his tendencies are. Then we'll see if he's really, you know, as as advertised through the first half of the season, he's been unbelievable. Simmons brought up this point, but I kind of agree. It's like, is Bill O'Brien a bad coach? Because he thought that he didn't think he should start Deshaun Watson on day on day one. Said he went with Tom Savage or whoever. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a, it's a good point. <laughs> the Eagles with Doug Peterson. You haven't heard the ringer talk about how awful a coach Doug Peterson is. <laughs> well, and also, yo, know, giving the opposite where Peterson knew, like he told Roseman, yeah, this, you know, Carson could start day one. We can dump Bradford. It's 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 a fun time for for the like you said this new quarterback class. I think that's a great point. We're not gonna do a, an extensive uh, pre you lastly here to talk about Denver but sometimes it's the trade you don't make I talked about that last week Vitae is going to be the starting left tackle they didn't trade for a left tackle so how nervous does that make you especially this week given how good the defensive line is for Denver especially with Von Miller super nervous although I'm like uh at least generally speaking Von Miller will line up against Lane Johnson right he usually plays from the left side of the line Lane Johnson being on the right on the offensive line so so that's encouraging but I do think you'll see yeah it'll all come down I guess so Ajay will fresh this week he probably won't see a lot of playing time but we'll see if there's like any improvement in like how the running backs support pass protection or they try to do anything with max protect but also you know we have the x factor with Wentz being kind of obviously more elusive than your average quarterback but I do expect our offensive line to struggle regardless well Von Miller is kind of a guy who switches all over the place so there's going to be times where I, I think you're wrong about that I think most of the time he is going to be lining up against Vitae. Oh, they'll just put him there. He can roam wherever he wants. He usually, you're right, he usually lines up against the right tackle. That's something where <laughs> they're going to definitely try to exploit the Vitae side as well. Although, like you said, no matter where he lines up, Lane Johnson had a couple miss missteps last week where he got beat bad. There's that one play in the first half I vividly remember where he just got smoked. Even our better tackle needs to have a better game than he did against 49ers. Good news is that uh, Trevor Simeon is fast fading into uh, mediocrity. I feel like it'll kind of look like the San Francisco game. Carson will probably have a you know a mediocre to decent day and the offensive line will look okay, but I think our defense is well positioned to victimize that Broncos offense, which is sputtering mightily. So Frank Reich said exactly what I said. He expects Von Miller to move around so the entire team has to prepare for it. <laughs> <laughs> prepare for his, uh, how good he really can be. And then Demarcus Lawrence is back for the Cowboys. He's pretty good. And then Michael Bennett, of course, eventually with the Seahawks coming up. So they have some guys that definitely scare you from that. We'll definitely get the test for the offensive line to see if they, they can play better. You know, the 49ers game, as you talked about, it's going to take some time for this team, especially with Peters out. And it's never going to be the same. Peters was a different level. So we just have to be prepared for that. And hopefully Vitae can just at least do an adequate job to, to replace him. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you for this Denver game? You know what? Weirdly, and this is probably a bad thing, I'm not as nervous as I was for the San Francisco game. But that was a complete superstition. So I'd say I'm like a I'm like a 4. Well, the offense for, for Denver looks terrible. They're talking about benching Simeon. So and e- any of their other options aren't anything you're going <laughs> to worry about either. It's either, it's either uh, Paxton Lynch or the heist 
Brock Brock Osweiler. Yeah, for that <laughs> contract that he's just living on for the rest of his life. So good for him. But I agree. I feel pretty confident going into this game. It'll be interesting to see if they can really dominate like they did. Playing not well and still winning by a bunch of points. I'd like to see them dominate pretty early and again get away with, with a pretty easy victory. So it'll be we'll see what happens because the defensive line versus the offensive line, the Eagles is the biggest is the biggest concern. So we'll see how they handle that. I don't see the defense giving up too many points to that offense yeah as i and as i said before this is the best best dvoa defense we'll have faced all season so i am also in the background hoping parson wentz will just have like another transcendent performance and prove that he can be like an elite level defense well and on the other side i've been reading that denver's offensive line isn't very good either so a hard defensive line in front of him might have seven sacks that game yeah yeah no this, this game could be 12 9 this could be like a raven steelers game all right well, we'll we'll see when we talk to you guys on sunday after the game so thanks for listening to brotherly love eagles podcast and we'll talk to you next time